I'm Ryan. And I'm Nick. And you're listening to Going Offsides, presented by the Lacrosse Collective on the Lacrosse All-Stars Podcast Network. All right. Well, this is a big day for both of us. I know we've been talking about it for, for a few months right now, but this is the first episode of Going Offsides brought to you by the Lacrosse Collective. Well, let's get started with some background. Uh, I'm Ryan Kuhn. I'm originally from Long Island, New York, born and raised. Uh, I'm living out in the Midwest right now. That's kind of how I got brought together with with your co-host, Nick. I'm currently the head women's lacrosse coach at Heidelberg University uh, with previous stops at Shoreham Wading River High School, where we're the 2019 New York State Champions. did five years at Lincoln Memorial University, started the program uh, at Division II school down in the South Atlantic Conference, and got my head coaching career started at the Defiance College in Defiance, Ohio. All right, and I'm Nick Zaroya. I'm the current head men's coach at the Green Hill School in Ann Arbor, Michigan. Before that, I've had stops at <clears throat> Concordia University, where I had my first college head coaching job. Before that, stops at the University of Michigan as a film coordinator at Detroit Mercy as a director of operations. Uh, the year that we won the Mac and went on to play Notre Dame in the first round where we almost played spoiler, but uh, it was funny to see coach Corgan lose his mind as always. But uh, yeah, we decided to start this blog along with, or this podcast along with our blog, which is mostly about coaching and coaching lacrosse, but this podcast will be slightly different. This will be mostly about lacrosse, but you'll see us go on topics like anything in the sports world, whether it be, um, you know, NCAA issues, COVID, anything that we can think of, we we can talk about. And uh, the goal is to do this on a weekly basis. You know, I think the the big thing we the reason we wanted to start this was because you know obviously there's a lot of podcasts out there, um, you know, but we feel like with with our backgrounds and kind of some of the things that we've gone through. Um, you know, it, it's definitely uh, a voice to some of the other coaches that might be going through some similar things. Um, some of the topics that we're going to touch on might not necessarily be um, some of the bigger topics that are going on in the lacrosse world or sports in general. Um, but it, but it's some of the stuff that maybe coaches at the lower end of Division One, II, Division Two, II, Division Three, NAIA, JUCO, uh, high school, um, anywhere in the country that are going through. And um, you know, it's going to be important topics that uh, you know we're going to kind of jump all over the place we're going to have somewhat of a uh um a parameter to the episodes but um we might jump off and kind of do a a bunch of different things uh so it's it's really exciting um something that we've been talking about for a really long time and um hopefully everybody who's listening gets a lot out of it yeah i mean we we talk a couple times a week text every day about lacrosse lacrosse related topics rumors everything that we hear that's going on in the lacrosse world and we decided why not just take basically our phone calls and turn them into a podcast because we're already doing the content. So maybe somebody else will get a kick out of some of the things that we have to say. So, uh, And then we chose the name Going Offsides because it is a lacrosse podcast, but we're definitely going to be going over the line, uh, as it were, and uh, talk about some things that aren't lacrosse related, but still kind of relate back to lacrosse in some way. So... 
let's get started with that and let's talk about you know let's go big and let's talk about the pll right now Oh, great topic. Love it. Um, love what they're doing. And I promise to you, uh, to our listeners, to to my co-host, um, I will do my best to not be a typical Long Islander and every other word out of my mouth is a, is, is a four-letter word. Um, I will do my best to keep it PG so that uh, all of the listeners, even your young kids, can enjoy it. Um, but back to the topic. Um Right now, it is June 11th, uh, and we are about a month or so away um, from PLL Island. Um, today is a big day. They just announced where they're going to have PLL Island, and I, I couldn't be more excited. I think it's going to be great for the PLL. I think it's going to be great for the sport. Uh, I think the location is perfect um, because it's not too far away from Utah. Um, it's in the state of Utah, but when I say Utah, um, the university, um, the Utes, uh, based on, you know, the success that they've had in their small sample size, I think that this is going to be huge for the growth in Utah, the mountain region, and specifically out West. I think this is going to be huge. And I think, um, you know, even though we're going through some COVID type issues with college athletics across the board, I think that this is this is going to open up a lot of eyes out there to some athletic administrators, athletic boosters. And, you know, we're all hoping and we all want the same thing. We want to see this sport grow. Uh, I'm hoping that, you know, some athletic administrators and some boosters are really going to pay close attention. And and hopefully with the product they're putting on the field, maybe this will lead to some some more programs out that way and maybe some more programs in those power five conferences. What are your thoughts? Yeah, definitely. I think the choice, it makes sense. Um, the other places that were they were looking at, you know, IMG Academy, the Lawrenceville School, uh, Florida was getting kind of crowded when mm -hmm. it came to professional sports. And I think that Lawrenceville School, it made sense geographically with where a lot of these guys live and work. Mm -hmm. But I also think it be it becomes kind of a nightmare trying to keep everybody kind of quarantined and in that bubble when they know a couple hundred people that live within a half hour of that location. So I think that they put themselves almost on like a cultural island as mm -hmm. well in terms of, of uh, you know, the only people that know people in Utah really are a couple guys from the Archers that coach at the U. So I'm pretty sure that that didn't hurt the case. You know, I read about it and, and Rabel was saying, how they chose the location because it, you know, it's set up real well, Real Salt Lake, that's where they play. Mm -hmm. They're, they're good for broadcasting. They're good for locker rooms, for meeting rooms, for everything. So uh, I think it makes a lot of sense. It's nice to see it in the West. Plus what? That's only a, what? Two hour flight, hour and a half flight mm -hmm. from, from LA where, you know, everyone's headquartered for, uh, for the league office. So I'm sure that doesn't hurt that it's pretty close for the league. And it'll be interesting. Like it, like you said, it, it's nice. Uh, too bad we can't have fans because that would what, be able to show the people in Utah care about lacrosse. Mm -hmm. But uh, you know, it is what it is. It's well, island. I, I think it's going to be huge. I think that that it, it really is a great place. I'm, I, you know, I've never been there. Um, my brother has, but I, I don't know too much about that area. But I know it from based on from what I've seen and heard, it's absolutely beautiful. Mm -hmm. um, so, and I think the climate there is going to be conducive to success over you know a three to four week period uh, where these guys are going to be training and playing. Um, so I, I think it's going to be awesome. I mean, you, you mentioned you know IMG and the Lawrenceville School. Um, I, I think you're spot on when it comes to you know the, specifically the Lawrenceville School with where that's located. I mean, with everything 
thing going on with COVID. You know, I, I don't think you could have it anywhere close to the tri-state area with that being kind of the, the epicenter of everything. Um, and as far as IMG goes, with the NBA probably going to – I think they did say that they're going to the wide world of sports. You putting another thing down there. I, I, I don't know if that's probably the best way to go. Yeah, so don't quote me on this, but I, I heard rumor that the WNBA might be using the IMG Academy. So that's what I heard as well. I heard that yesterday. So um, that might so. have also officially nixed that one. Mm-hmm. Um, maybe made a, a hard decision a little easier for, for Rables. So speaking on, let's keep the COVID thing going. So we, we've done a couple articles on Lax All-Stars about COVID and, and how it's affected everything. And mm-hmm. we've seen a couple programs fold because, you know, I don't know if a lot of people, the average listener knows this, but lacrosse is a luxury sport in almost every athletic department. In the Ivy League, it's got the pedigree. It's ingrained in the in the athletic department for, for close to 100 years. But at most schools, it's relatively new. It's a luxury. You know, it's not a sport that you need at a lot of schools. Uh, at, especially at the D1 level. Now at the D3, at NAI level, obviously it's for the most part a profit generating a net positive mm-hmm. for the school, assuming that you don't have a roster of 14, 15. So, um, you know, it, it's a big deal. These, these programs on the edge that are hovering under 20 people a year, 20 kids on the roster a year, these isolated schools maybe in, in Texas or Arkansas, uh, Mississippi. I mean, there's only one school in Louisiana, I think. So these these places, I wouldn't expect to see it being added soon. And if it was recently added, you know, they might put a hold on on this whole thing because, you know, travel. The as, as you've you're a coach, you you know what it's like to be told to cut the budget. I've been told by some D1 coaches that the school asked them to cut their budget by twenty percent. Um, so travel is is one of the biggest ways to be cutting that that expense. And also, what was it? The the CAA said, you know, you don't have to play anybody in the conference this year in the regular season if you don't want to, which really helps with the travel costs. Yeah, I mean, it, it, you're going to see it across the board. I think it's not just it's not just a lacrosse thing. Um, I, I think in a way it is. I mean, when when, we, when it breaks down to it, if you're a lacrosse person, you know, it's going to be, you know, you're going to take it as a lacrosse thing. If you're a baseball person, um, you're going to take it as a baseball thing. But I mean, specifically, I think you're going to see over the next it's this isn't going to be a two or three month thing. This is going to be a two to three year thing. Um, you know, these budget changes are going to stick with uh, programs across, you know, this you know, this budget cycle and then probably the next budget cycle. Um, it, it's going to be an interesting time and it's a, it's a scary time. There are a lot of opportunities for uh, young student athletes to play lacrosse at the next level. And I think that that's a wonderful thing. And I think everybody thinks that that's a wonderful thing. Um, you know, I, this is how I truly feel. I feel like the COVID situation is going to be used as an excuse by a lot of administrations in higher ed to cut things that they didn't necessarily want in the first place. Um, I think that's what it all comes down to. Um, that's unfortunate. I think, you know, it's just a, it's just going to be a tough situation all around. Um, everybody's going to have to be cutting budgets. You're going to see a lot of conferences basically tell their teams that you should play, uh, only conference games. 
Um, I believe, what was it? The Division Two, you know, their maximum amount of games this year is 12 or 13. Division Three, it's going to be seven. Um, that's their actual minimum to keep their sports sponsorship. I'm sorry about that. That's that's the number seven. So I wouldn't be surprised if you see some teams in Division Three play those minimum seven games. Um, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, and who this really hurts is programs that are like on the fringe too. You look at a program like Whittier out in California, um, those guys are building that program up and it's been a special program for a really long time, but those guys are doing a fantastic job out there. Um, coach Marks and coach Fox are phenomenal recruiters. They're phenomenal coaches. And, you know, I, I believe that this year, the 2020 year was going to be a, a huge year for them. And, you know, even moving forward into 2021, you know, they're going to be an NCAA tournament team. Um, and they're, you know, they're taking trips to the East. They're flying teams out to the, you know, out to them. Um, how is that going to affect their program moving forward? How is it going to affect some of those fringe teams? I mean, you got Rhodes down in Tennessee. Um, you know, that's a team that's knocking on the door to beat some really good teams, you know, some NCAC teams. Uh, so it, it's just going to be really interesting to see how this thing goes moving forward. You know, I think that with kind of how the country is only, is just starting to open up, I think you're going to see some, you know, we'll see some clarity on things over the next, you know, few weeks or month or so. Um, but it's still, it's going to be dicey for a really long time. I mean, um, you know, this summer in general, I was talking to a coach before, um, you know, this is the first time in a really long time. Like, what are you doing? We're all, you know, it's June 11th. We should be somewhere recruiting right now. Yeah. Instead, everybody's sitting at home. Yeah. There's a lot of, I mean, there's a silver lining to that. You know, a lot of yeah. people are taking the time, using it for family and, and it's nice and everything. And which they should the coaches about, you know, they're getting to know recruits on a deeper level because they've mm -hmm. got more time to spend on a smaller pool of recruits that they already knew before this started. Um, you know, and it's this fifth year that they, they granted to everybody this year or this extra year. So to say, it's not a fifth year for everybody. If you were a freshman, you got your freshman year back. Wow. Lacrosse yeah. across the board. Next year, Division One, Two, and Three in and NAIA, because you're seeing some of those guys that and gals that were playing at some of these other institutions that you know found a home at the NAIA level. Lacrosse is going to be insane next year. Yeah, the talent pool is the deepest it's ever been. I mean, you mm -hmm. get guys like the the best player from Lynchburg. He's going to High Point for his fifth mm -hmm. year. Charlie Bertrand's um, going to Virginia. Mm -hmm. um, there's people all over the place taking advantage of that that extra year and you know while it's less less likely at some of the d3s and ais especially you know if they don't have the master's program or whatever mm -hmm. um it is what it is but for some of them maybe they needed that extra semester to graduate and now they can stretch that out into an extra year you know hopefully still be on that small scholarship at the nais and d2s but you know it's just it's while it's going to be a gift, it's going to be a curse in a way because I've talked to some some other guys that are going into their freshman year in college. You know, they're not going to get five years; they're going to get their four, and you know, they're showing up to a place that they thought they were going to have kind of a, a good situation going, and their recruiting class, where say they were coming in with twelve kids, now they're coming in with eighteen to twenty. How do you find room for those guys? How do you find a spot there? Um, so I think that you know the kids that you know, obviously the high achievers are going to achieve. Um, you know, some of the people that need more time to develop, um, you know, you'll probably still that, that, that sample size might grow. They might need, you know, they might not be able to find the field, um, as quickly as they, as they would have had there be, had, had there been less guys. Um, so you might see 
you know, this transfer portal thing might blow up again next year. So you, you might start yeah. to see more and more kids. I mean, you already are. Um, it's just the nature of the beast. Um, there are so many opportunities out there and, you know, it's with the birth of social media and everything like that, you know, a lot of these guys and their club teams, they're playing with all their buddies and some of their buddies might go to another school. You know, you, you can't sit there and tell me that, you know, a lot of these guys are getting pulled in a bunch of different directions. And if things aren't going their way, they, they find another place pretty quickly. Yeah, I agree. I think that this whole thing will end up hitting the 2021 high school kids the hardest. Mm -hmm. They're the ones that are maybe getting to play real soon in front of coaches. Uh, that's the plan. I mean, you and I both live near Indiana. I've heard something like there's going to be 12 tournaments in Indiana this year mm -hmm. because they're quote unquote open. For yeah. Business. Oh, they are. And, they're open for business, man. And you know what? That's great. And we'll see what happens with all that. I mean, I know a lot of coaches still won't make the trip to Indiana, even if it's the only place having lacrosse, uh, especially some of those Northeast guys, they're just not going to bother. Well, I think the thing I was talking to a high school coach from Long Island today. Uh, so he's also coaches club, pretty good club, not a big deal, but um, they're going to Delaware like two or three times and they're mm -hmm. going to Connecticut. So, um, I mean, they're going to get, they're going to get tournaments in. It's going to be at some point you're, you're going to start to see this go back to somewhat of normal. Um, but it's going to be, it's going to be ugly. It's, it's, you're going to see a lot of, a lot of unhappy people. It's going to be cutthroat um, for a bit. Exactly. Exactly. I mean, you're more seeing a lot it, more of, than it already was. You're seeing a lot of unhappy people right now that they can't get there, uh, that they can't get out on the field and there's restrictions, um, you know, for whatever reason, but it, it's just, it's going to be, it's going to be an interesting summer, especially, um, now that it's a dead period, you know, it's a dead period for, you know, division one, it's a quiet period for division two. Division three doesn't really, you know, they, it's kind of business as usual. Um, the only restrictions that those might have are individual institution restrictions, but mm -hmm. um, it's crazy. It's, it's going to be a crazy, you know, once things open up middle of July, all the way through to September one is going to be insane. Yeah. It's going to be as much as this has been delayed for these coaches, a lot of it, it's going to come back and they're going to do just as much work as before, mm -hmm. just in much less time. But how does this affect football? You're going to, you're going to have a lot yeah. of these guys, a lot of these kids are going to piss off football, football coaches, because what first couple weeks of August, they're going to miss football lifts and do all that stuff. Um, well, so that they can go to a lacrosse tournament. I know that at least one, I don't know if it was NAIA wide, but I know at least one conference, they eliminated their week one game and they delayed mm -hmm. their start time to mid August. Yeah. So instead of coming back early August, starting camp, they delayed the whole thing about two weeks just to buy a little bit of buffer yeah. time. And then they're playing one less game this season. And I know I just saw Kaiser's football. I don't know why somebody retweeted it and they're playing Weber twice this year to cut down okay. on travel. Gotcha. Um, so I think they're playing eight, eight games this year, maybe 10. I got to look yeah. back at the graphic, but I mean, how does that, how, do, how does that affect high school kids with their high school football coaches? I mean, how many kids are playing soccer and lacrosse, football and lacrosse? I mean, and those guys, once like it gets past a certain time, I mean, there's kind of like an, a silent agreement between those coaches. Like, okay, they're done with lacrosse. I get them for the football season. Mm -hmm. What's going to happen? Coach, I can't, you know, and, and those fo football is a different animal. They're, you know, 
their practice schedule is different. They do a lot more stuff on weekends. They might play on a Saturday, then have a practice on a Sunday, and then Monday's their off day. So now yeah. you're you're a kid. You're going to go to your football coach and say, hey, coach, um, I can't be here. Yeah, I mean, every high school I've ever worked at, I think it's four or five of them now, the agreement was like last weekend of July was our last lacrosse tournament. Yeah. And yeah, you were going to workouts and stuff before that and seven mans and whatever, but that was it. And then August one, it's football season. But now, I mean, we've got tournaments into mid August for sure. Yeah. Um, Under Armour, Under Armour just announced some of their tryouts. I think the Under Armour Midwest, their tryouts like July 24th. I think it's going to be pushed. Yeah. Or June 24th. I don't know. I'm glad I don't have a high schooler to worry. Yeah. It's crazy. That's nuts. So let's move on from that. So a little bit of uh, current events, if you will, some big news. So John Posner, Culver legend, created a absolute powerhouse top 10 team every year, pumping out D1 recruits, pumping out NESCAC, NCAC recruits, just creme de la creme of high school lacrosse. He decides, and where, where do you end up going again? It's New Jersey, right? I believe it's the Lawrenceville school. Okay, that's why I thought I didn't want to say it, but uh, yeah. So he moves to Lawrenceville. Obviously, I'm thinking that's a that's a family related uh, quality of life. Maybe move back to to East Coast. And who does Culver go and get? They get the college academy coach from BMI, John Bertner. So, what are your thoughts on that? Uh, you know, I I think that's huge. Uh, I don't think they're going to miss a beat. I think, you know, obviously Lawrenceville is going to get better. Um, they were good to begin with, but I mean, with, with him as their coach they're you know, they're going to obviously take the, you know, continue to take those next steps. But I mean, Culver, I don't think is going to miss a beat. I mean, obviously it's a unique place uh, with kind of a unique situation. I mean, the, obviously there's the military, you know, academy aspect of it. Um, so I, yeah. I I think it's a no brainer. Yeah, he gets it. He understands. I mean, he was an elite player at Navy for Richie Mead. Um, he's coached, he served, and you know, obviously, um, he was getting VMI to a point where you know they were they were in games and they were really young. And you know, I think the the the, the issue at VMI is is that they they end up having a lot of turnover every year. They might bring in a big freshman class, but. Um, you know, the, the retention is always a challenge for them, which, well, okay. I've heard that from multiple D1 coaches that VMI is, without a doubt, the hardest school to recruit to in Division One. Oh, I can understand because, you know, it's it's a situation where you're, you're paying to go to a middle, military school. And I, I give those guys all the credit in the world. You know, I, I think a lot of people, the, the draw there is, is that you can go into any branch you want. Um, you know, so I think that's a wonderful thing. People that... I think that's a call, you know, that's a calling. Um, and I think the people that do that are, are wonderful people. Um, but at the same time, it, it's, it's such a unique institution. There has to be a, a certain type of individual mm -hmm. that they have to recruit at. And he's done a, a, a good job there. Um, so I, I think for him going to Culver, I think that's a, that's a home run. Uh, I, I think he's going to do great things there. He's going to continue to keep that thing going. Uh, you know, I think it's, it's kind of at the point now where it, it's selling itself. And you know, that when you go there, you're, you're going to get, you know, high level looks, you're going to play high level lacrosse. And when you step on the field, um, wherever it is at the next level, you know, you're going to be in a position to, um, be successful. I mean, to have a school like that, where it is located, um, you know, basically, you know, churning out 
you know, national championships at the high school level, mm. that's, you're doing something special there. I mean, let's just talk about it. I mean, it, it's not, it's not in the MIAA in Baltimore. It's not, you know, in the public schools yeah. or the Catholic league on Long Island or those schools in upstate New York um, or, or, in, or in the, or in Connecticut, you know, these guys are doing it. And I mean, it's, it's pretty astonishing with what they've done. Um, I'm a little biased. I still think Long Island lacrosse is the best. Um, I, I, yeah, I saw you roll your eyes. That's fine. <laughs> no, no, no. It's top to bottom. I agree with you, but that's fine. That's fine. I know a lot of people out there won't agree with me, but Hey, whatever it is, what it is. Um, take it. Uh, but he's going to do a wonderful job. I, I think that program keeps on rolling and you know, we'll, we'll see where it goes. I, I think just lacrosse in general, across the board, in the Midwest, I mean, from when I got out here in 2012 and yeah, I've made some, some other stops along the way. Um, across the board, it's gotten so much better, uh, you know, from where it was when I first got into college coaching and to where it is now. I mean, it's the, the level of athlete, the level of player, uh, it's catching up and it's already there. And I think it's only going to get better, but he's, I've kind of gone off a little bit there, but I mean, for him, you know, I think that's a home run. I, I think his, his job gets tremendously easier. Um, it's going to be hard in, in a lot of different ways. Um, he's going to have a different set of problems, but I, I think overall, I mean, that's probably going to be a better quality of life. I mean, you're not going to be, um, you're not going to have some of the struggles from a recruiting standpoint. Um, but I mean, we'll see what happens. I mean, what do you what do you think about it? I think that Culver got the exact right type of person. Mm -hmm. I don't think there was another guy quite like John that could have filled that need. Where when you look at a Culver recruit or a potential recruit, and you show them Coach Bersner, like this is what you could be. Like mm -hmm. if you go the military route, like this is pretty much the best example I can find of a lacrosse guy, Navy. VMI, like you said, that's that's what these kids and I, I mean, granted, a lot of these kids don't go to military academies, uh, yeah, or for college, which is fine. But now I think you might see that might might go up a little bit. Maybe he's the one that sh says, "Hey, yeah, if you're not going to the Ivy League, you can play high level across at Air Force." Well, let me tell you, let me tell you something. The those schools, I mean, you find me three better coaches. It's going to be hard. Find me three better coaches than than those guys that are at Air Force, um, Army, and Navy right now. Coach Amplo is phenomenal. Coach Alberici is is outstanding. Um, you know, it's you know to have. I mean, and and while he's going to play football. You know, to have a top five recruit in the 2020 class flip to go to an to go to a service academy, um, that's a huge deal. That's a huge deal because yeah, it's it's still who who's that? That's Xavier Arlen. Yeah. To have somebody to have somebody do that, that's huge. Um, you know, so yeah, he's going to be playing football, um, but there's a chance he might play lacrosse at some point. But still, um, that's a win for their program. I, I think it's only a matter of time before Coach Amplo has those guys humming. They were they look pretty good this year so far. He's got some really good recruits coming in. Um, so we'll see. But Army, I mean, Army was poised to to have an outstanding year uh as well i mean an air force is always tough air, like air force has been like the thorn in duke's side they come to durham every every other year or they meet in the tournament and they beat them it's tough they, they've got a stable of freshmen that i'm yeah. impressed with so but uh all right so moving on uh know what's going on at hampton i mean their coach left to amherst i think that's a home run hire considering 
the the background that Amherst had over the last uh, like apparently a few years. We we only heard about it recently, but since he left Hampton, um, what where's that leave that program? They had a huge commit in um, was it Jim Brown's grandson, right? No, it's and his son. That, it's his son. Okay. Yeah. So Jim Brown's son is going to to Hampton, or at least he committed to. But then you see that one of their best players is transferring to Rutgers. So those two things happening at the same time, him Is leaving, it Rutgers or is it Hartford? You're right, Hartford. Red and white school, you know. Whatever. There you go, the Hawks. Yeah, exactly. So one guy's going to Hartford. Their coach leaves. Is that a coincidence? Who knows? Hampton's always been on the bubble there, but I can't think of a better time for them to stick it out with lacrosse and really, you know, make a push. But we haven't heard, you know, that 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 whole university when it comes to lacrosse, there's no info. There never was in the past. We we were just flying blind, mm-hmm. um, and I'm interested to see what happens there. I'm really, you know, I think it's going to be interesting as well. Uh, it's going to be, it, it's going to be great. I think it's going to be, it's, it has the, it, it has the potential to be a great landing spot for somebody. That's a, that's a great location. Um, while I was at LMU, we actually went over there and played them. Um, you know, you could see that they were building to get that program better. You know, the, 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 you know, the players were, you could see like the, the difference from freshman year to sophomore year and the recruits that were coming in. Um, and I think coach DeVoe was doing a great job to kind of continue that process and continue that progress. So it's going to be interesting to see kind of how they go. Um, I think it's a, it's a great opportunity. Um, it's a beautiful location, beautiful school, a lot of, lot of great history there. Um, so it, it's going to be interesting to kind of see what happens over the, over the next few weeks. And it kind of goes to back to, back to our point before, we just don't know what COVID's going to do. I, you know, I'm not sure if they're on a hiring freeze or anything like that. So who knows if they can even get somebody in there, um, you know, right away. And then also too, what type of restrictions do they have on the institution with, you know, who knows? Cause schools, some schools are, you know, out in front of it saying, Hey, we're going to be back in the fall, but some schools are saying, you know, we might not, you know, we might be doing distance learning again. And, you know, the, the, the thing that nobody really wants to talk about right now is, is if kids aren't in, on campus, there's going to be no sports. And yeah. it's not, a, well, that's not a lacrosse thing. That's, that's an everything. I, I, I was in Ann Arbor earlier today and, and they've been adamant that if there's no kids on campus, there's no football, which that's a big deal at U of M. But, you know, if we're talking about equity and we're talking about what's right, not what we want to see, but what is right, that it, we, you don't get to just put those hundred people on campus because they're football players and let everybody else, you know, work from home. So, yeah, that's not what be... we want to see, but that's what's going to happen. I'd and love to, I, yeah. I think that they're going to lean towards let's give it a shot, maybe mm-hmm. do some kind of hybrid model. But uh, I, I, we'll see. And then let's talk about what we got coming up next week. So our plan is to bring on a guest that you know very well. I and, do. Uh, I do. We didn't, and... we didn't bring it up this episode, but we are definitely going to be getting into all of the, you know, topics that are coming up right now and that are really big. They've, they've always been issues in the sport, but uh, you're going to dive deeper in, into that. Yeah, uh, it's uh, I mean, let's not let's not dance around it. I mean, obviously, we know what's going on with our country right now with, um, you know, the protests and everything that's going on. And, um, 
you know, uh, what I will jump out and say is, is that we are absolutely 110% um, all for diversity and inclusion. Um, you know, I've, I've always believed that, you know, sports are something that brings people together. And I'm a true believer that lacrosse is a medicine game. And, and I think it can bring people of all different backgrounds together. Um, so it, it, it's something that's near and dear to me um, based on where I came from and the school I went to. Um, so we're going to have uh, a, a pretty interesting guest. I'm not going to give it away right now, um, but he's a current head coach um, you know, at the Division Three level. Uh, he's a phenomenal person, and he's somebody that I know really, really well and somebody that I consider family. Um, and, and we're going to kind of go into this subject um, pretty deep, and we're going to get his feelings and kind of where he's at and what he's seeing around him because you know unlike us we're kind of out in the midwest and we're kind of it's a different situation but um this person's back on the east coast so it's it's going to be interesting to kind of hear what's going on around out there and um kind of get a different perspective on it because it really is such an important topic and it's a topic that thankfully um you know and hopefully um it's something that we continue to talk about and we continue to um address and and make the situation better across the board not just in sports but in life uh it, it's such an important um topic and it's something that i consider um you know near and dear to me and and and, and something that um i'm really looking forward to speaking about i'm really looking forward to having um you know, an honest and in-depth conversation about it. Um, and, and we're not going to pull any punches. We're, we're going we're gonna to talk about um, kind of the nitty-gritty of everything. Yeah, absolutely. And we just wanted to put that out there because we wanted to dedicate, you know, one entire episode to that and not have it just be kind of a cliff note or a small section of, of one episode. So we're going to keep that, that dialogue going throughout the foreseeable future. We want to be part of the solution and uh but but the next episode will be dedicated strictly to that and and nothing else lacrosse related just just that one topic yeah, and absolutely and 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 it's it's going to be an, a great episode i hope everybody who's listening to this listens to the next one and brings other people on board and that's kind of how this thing's going to grow and um we want to create a nice following and uh the big thing too is is as things kind of somewhat return back to normal um you know we're going to be talking about a lot of different things i mean i, I look forward to the times when we're going to be able to talk about fall ball and we can kind of shoot the shoot the breeze a little bit about what's going on in all these different schools and, um, you know, kind of speculate a little bit on how the spring is going to look and kind of talk about some of the upcoming matchups and things like that. So I promise you at some point we're going to get back to normal. It might not be today. It might not be tomorrow, but we're going to get there. We're, they can't keep us down. <laughs> all right. Well, that's it for episode one. I hope you all enjoyed it. And uh, we look forward to seeing you or hearing you from you in future episodes. Stay golden.